bring you Dr. Kurt Rexroth, chiropractor and clinical nutritionist. Dr. Rexroth is here to answer your questions about chiropractic, nutrition, or healthy weight loss. So give Dr. Rexroth a call at 344-1420, or you can find him online at welcometohealth.com. And now here's Dr. Kurt Rexroth. Good morning, Quad Cities. I'll tell you, we got a great show today. Uh, first of all, I want to start out by, of course, telling you about our weight loss seminar on Tuesday evening at 6.30. Call the practice, 309-764-2115, and give us a heads up that you're going to be there. We would love to welcome you. I get a chance to meet you. I, I love meeting the radio audience, I'm telling you. It's, um, you know, I, I get useful suggestions from people. I, I get a chance to actually see people for the first time. I get to actually... <laughs> Get to get a sense that maybe somebody's listening out there. I mean, that's just really, that's, you have no idea how important that is to, to a person that's on the radio. I mean, we're in this little box, right? This nice little room, there's a piece of glass in front of us and a, and a, a beautiful lady across the, you know, uh, Barbara Ann there is kind of on the key, on the board, you know, making sure that you can all hear me and things like this. And it's just, a that's a wonderful experience in itself. But I'm talking into this microphone. I don't know if there's anybody out there or not. You know, it's just like, Wow. And when somebody says, hey, I listened to your radio show, I go, oh, good. <laughs> it's not for nothing. That's excellent. <laughs> so it gives me a charge. It's like uh, for many of you out there who have been teachers in the past, there's just no reward better than hearing from your students, you know, because of your class. I, I really improved my life. There's just nothing, nothing that compares to that whatsoever. So, you know, if you want to get, get give me a charge, stop by the clinic on our uh, Tuesday evening, 6.30 weight loss seminar and uh, listen to it. I mean, it's just entertaining. I'm, uh, I'm up there cracking jokes, you know, sometimes I'm talking about really, really important information. A lot of the stuff we've talked about here on the radio show, if you remember things like, uh, you know, carb crashes cause carb cravings. Remember that? That's kind of a little review. Um, that's a, an important concept to get because if you've eaten carbs sometime you know, or if you have a carb craving, actually, and you really find them irresistible, chances are you can think back just 20 minutes, half an hour, and you've had some high-density carb, you know, some sugar. As a matter of fact, you know, our ancestors hey, ate what they had. I think the statistic was in, in uh, 1776, they were eating about four pounds of sugar per person per year. In 1800s, they were eating around 17 pounds of sugar per year. Uh, now, you, I'll give you a chance to guess, probably low, 150, around average of 150 pounds of extra added sugar per person per year. I mean, it's great for the sugar industry, obviously, but it's just not really very good for us. And the truth is that all the foods we eat actually interact with us on the most fundamental and basic level, and that is the genetic level. Our genes are turned on and turned off. They're activated, deactivated. They're ramped down a little bit or downregulated, upregulated, depending on what we're eating. And people just don't quite realize that how profound this genetic expression is. I mean, we've got chronic and debilitating degenerative diseases that are just rampant in our nation today. And these diseases are, they're interesting because the timetable is so telling when it comes to how we can understand and how we can see the generation or the origin of these diseases. Because what we find is this, 
there's very definite time markers in terms of the genesis of all of these things you hear on the on the television. You know, every 10 minutes you get an advertisement that tells you to take this drug if you have this particular condition. And when you take this drug, watch out because through the back door there's all kinds of things coming on, you know, after you. There's, you know, uh, side effects, they call these different things. But actually when it comes right down to it, these things that we call side effects are nothing but effects. They are things that come as a result of the interaction of our biology with a foreign chemical that was really not designed by nature to interact with organic beings like ourselves. I mean, there is a biological effect from these drugs, but the problem is that the biological effect is not necessarily something that our system knows how to deal with and modulate into a, a, a sane and uh, useful effect. <laughs> so it's important, it's important you realize that the true way to gain health is to build health with the kinds of chemistry, the kinds of uh, foods, if you will, that actually have been things that human beings and other animal species have been using to build bodies with, to build health with for millennia, for literally even millions of years the most primitive organisms as well as the most complex organisms are organisms that have been building with these different chemicals. Now, some interesting things. I've been listening to a, a podcast and YouTube videos from a guy named Josh Bush. I'd recommend you go to his sites and start listening to his stuff because he has some absolutely incredible information. Josh Bush. And um, he's a medical doctor who a few years back uh, had uh, some revelations. He was in the uh, pharmaceutical industry. He was in academia. He was a, a you know, teaching professor. He was dedicated to finding different ways to cure cancer. And, uh, you know, to he, he went along with the normal way of thinking about cancer. Cancer is a genetic disease. Cancer is a viral-caused disease. The virus, you know, interrupts the genetics, et cetera. And um, he was really a part of that camp. But during his, what, tenure there as a researcher, he started realizing that things were happening that just were not explainable. For example, and this is a big one, listen to this carefully, he realized that we had separated diseases into all of these different compartments, and for each compartment, we had the idea that this disease was caused by this type of thing, and this disease over here was caused by this, but when you, you know, and, and so we have to find a solution to this one. We have to find a different solution to this one. And we have all these different drugs. And it was just a, a way of looking at it that compartmentalized everything. I'm talking about a, a, a new person in my life, a, a man named Josh Bush, who is doing lots of YouTube videos and podcasts and things like this, being interviewed a lot by a lot of people. And the reason is because he has a unique set of insights on how to get ourselves healthy. And we're going to be carrying some of his products at our clinic. And that's not the only reason I'm talking about him, though, because I think it's important to see that, that when it comes to knowing how to revise and revitalize your own concepts of health, and it's important to bring in other concepts. It's important to bring in proof, proof because for me, at least, I'm one of these people that uh, I don't just... I don't, I don't follow 
trends as easily as some because I'm just so darn skeptical. I mean, I am I I question and I I think about it and I mull things over and it, things have to make sense to me before I'll do them. I just don't get into this mystical stuff that says, well, the weirder it is and the more strange it is, the better I like it. I, I'm just not that way. I just think, you know, I have a hard time trusting other people and their opinions. So it's like I'm very, very skeptical. But when I hear somebody who's gone through a revolution of mind and that revolution of mind makes just perfect sense and they can give good arguments, then I'm on board and I get on board really, really tight with these people. So when we talk about this guy, Josh Bush, I, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm listen to him carefully and see what he has to say. So we talked a little bit about his history. He was a, an MD. He has, he's board certified in several things, endocrinology, you know, cancer research, et cetera. And uh, he's been, he was doing cancer research. And he was seeing that in medicine, they compartmentalize things. They have this disease over here and this disease over here. And for this disease, you do this, that, and that. And for the other disease, you do this, this, and this. And you want to make sure that there's a separate and distinct medication for this disease because it deals with this system and this one, et cetera. And so it, it just kind of pulls everything apart. And you've got a separate medication for everything. You've got, you know, um, statin medications for cholesterol. You've got, you've got Synthroid for the thyroid. You've got this, this, and that. And it makes for a really you know, extensive palette of different medications that these pharmaceutical companies can sell, you know, literally billions of people throughout the world. But what he noticed in while he was doing this cancer research and research for the pharmaceutical companies, he noticed that around nine, around eight or nineteen eighties and then even more in the nineteen nineties, things really started going bad. It wasn't just that this particular disease got a little worse. All the diseases got worse. Everything was getting bad. I mean, and new things were happening. Like, for example, back in in, uh, 1974, the statistic was that one in 5,000 people, one in 5,000, you know, young toddlers became autistic. Now, that's, you know, compared to today, that's almost nothing. But one in 5,000, and it was tragic every time it happened. I mean, let's face it, it's, it's not a difficult, particularly difficult thing to diagnose. Now, the spectrum of autism is difficult because that goes from Asperger's all the way down to where the person's just sitting, you know, not able to communicate, not able to, to even hold high contact, not able to do anything. So that is, you know, very easy to diagnose that, that extreme. But the whole spectrum is not that easy. But some people say, well, the reason there's so much more autism is because we, can, we diagnose so much more autism. No. When you've got a child that is banging his head against the wall just for some stimulation, doesn't maintain eye contact, can't speak, that's fairly easy to diagnose. And that's what we're talking about these days, because around 19, in the early 1990s, we started getting that ramping up to the point where I remember when everybody was totally shocked when it was 150, um, you know, 150, one out of 150 children would be autistic. And we were just like devastated. How is that possible? Well, the latest figures is one in 39 children born will be autistic. 
And you have no idea. I mean, my lovely wife, Kay, worked with the Association for Retarded Citizens, ARC, for 17 years, and she worked with autistic children. And you have no idea the, the heartbreaking um, you know, aspect of this for a parent. I mean, it just devastates families. Um, it's the implications, I mean, you would hope that the family would pull together, and so many of them do, but so many of them just fracture also. It's just heartbreaking on so many levels. And so there, there's that aspect, but there's also the aspect that, the, the broader aspect for all of those people who don't have autistic children, I mean, the expense of maintaining an autistic child is just horrendous. It's, it's, it's an entire life where that person will never be able to produce enough to take care of themselves. The expense is just devastating for the entire society. And we're just getting, we're just starting to get into that now. Some of our autistic children in the 90s, you know, when it was just a one in 150, are just starting to come of, of an age where they would normally be productive. And, and it's, just, it's just heartbreaking. But in any case, that particular epidemic took off in the early 90s. But also, more cancer, more heart disease, more, um, you know, thyroid disease. I mean, every third person who comes into the clinic has thyroid medication, uh, depressive medication, all these different neurological diseases. Turns out that Alzheimer's is, is just going crazy in women, and Parkinson's is going crazy in men. So there is some kind of sex difference, but they're both, they're both ramping up in terms of what's going on. And you look back and you say, what is going on? Why is this happening in our country and in our world right now? And you've got to go back and say, well, it couldn't be, you couldn't be just the fact that, well, certain people have family genes that dispose them to cancer. Now, granted, a person with a family with a history of cancer probably has more likelihood of having cancer, but the entire population is experiencing this. So it can't just be that. And this is what Dr. Bush points out, is that we've got to look elsewhere. And the place that he's looked is a very sensible place, and that is what's happening with our food. Because one of the things we've learned with the genetic knowledge that we have gained here in the last 20 years, actually more than that, uh, almost 60 years since the discovery of the structure of DNA by Watson and Crick, all the way through the Genome Project. With the Genome Project, though, everything changed. All right, we're looking at some very, very interesting things here. Uh, and I want to kind of emphasize, just give you a little background if you just tuned in, because we're talking about why it is, and we're asking the question how it is that we've gone from a society where certain diseases were relatively rare, like autism, one in 5,000 people, um, and gone to an epidemic where one in 39 people are autistic, you know, they, and it happens when they're you know, toddlers, when they're just about two years old, they stop looking at people and they start fixating on, you know, other things and they, they will not maintain eye contact. They don't, they, a lot of times, whatever speech they've got is lost, et cetera. And, but it's not just that. It's a whole raft of neurological diseases that are just plaguing our country at this point. Um, Alzheimer's is, is accelerating. Parkinson's is accelerating. And all of these different things, MS, by the way, is accelerating. And by the way, if you want to get some good insight into MS, definitely follow up with some viewing of the 
YouTube videos by Terry Walls, a University of Iowa uh, professor in the School of Medicine who has just done some tremendous work on understanding how to, through nutrition and through exercise, actually overcome the disabilities associated with MS. Just, she's just absolutely phenomenal. I was watching a little bit of a YouTube video by her this morning. But we're focusing more today on Josh Bush, who is very, very sharp and very concerned with this escalating epidemic of diverse degenerative diseases, autoimmune diseases is just taking over. I mean, I can't tell you how many patients come in um, to the clinic, even for chiropractic or for weight loss, and they've got autoimmune conditions, not just one autoimmune conditions, several autoimmune conditions at the same time. It's absolutely incredible. So the question is then, why is it that all of these are escalating? And the answer is not simple, but it's kind of generalizable. It is because of chronic inflammation, mostly caused by the foods that we consume. Well, what are the difference? I mean, everybody's always con- consumed foods, right? I mean, food is what our whole uh, existence is based on. We've got to take in energy foods. We've got to take in proteins that we can rebuild back into our own body parts. I mean, uh, everything from hormones to, to um, uh, you know, actual energy molecules that produce, uh, or the, the little mitochondria, the mighty mitochondria that produces energy for all of the body functions. All of those things are involved with, with actually building us into the kinds of organisms that we are. Now, what then is pr- the problem with the food supply? Well, it turns out that we are not just an organism that has this um, simple relationship. If you put it in your mouth, it's in your body. It's not that way at all. We actually have to absorb the foods through our intestines and the entire length of our intestines from our sinuses and our tongue all the way through to the end is the size, a its surface area of two tennis courts. Just the small intestine is, is, is the surface area of one complete tennis court. But you go all of the bumps and all of the twists and turns and you get a huge area there that has to absorb food properly. Well, it turns out that the lining of that is so thin that and yet so well protected with tight junctions that it, it's the kind of thing that you have to be very, very careful what you put in there. Because if you put something in there that is toxic and that can actually change the way your genes work, then you can cause a great deal of trouble. And that's what we've been doing. One of the reasons that is pretty well documented at this point for all these problems is we started a program of spraying an antibiotic on our crops. So it's not just the antibiotic that we have in, you know, that we feed our cattle all the time. That's terrible. It's not just the antibiotics that you take because you've got a cold when antibiotics don't work. It's not just those antibiotics. It's the fact that uh, Roundup herbicide, glyphosate is the chemical name, that glyphosate was actually patented as an antibiotic before it was patented as an herbicide. And the herbicides that are sprayed on all of our crops, that is the most common one, and that one actually is so toxic to our friendly bacteria in our gut it is so toxic to our own biochemical processes that it is de- literally destroying 
our immune system. It is taking up so much of our immune system that we don't have time to actually help ourselves and actually be involved with protecting ourselves. In fact, it's absorbed readily, and it, it, it actually works on us in such a way that it creates these chronic diseases. And I wish I could, had time to go into all the details. The details are fascinating, but uh, and beyond most of us, however, so I don't want to go into them anyway. But it's so important to realize that you've got to make sure your food is clean and organic and the kinds of chemistry that your body is built from. Also, the drugs you take, most of those are not the drugs, are not made from chemistry that your body is made from. Call the clinic. We can help you with a lot of these diseases that we're just talking about today. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Health with Dr. Kurt Rexroth, part of Saturday Mornings at Your Service, sponsored by the Welcome to Health Center and Greatest Grains. Dr. Rexroth will be back next week at the same time. If you have a question before then, give the good doctor a call at 309-764-2115 or find him online at welcometohealth.com where you can download podcasts of this program, ask questions on the blog, find out about special events, and request an appointment with Dr. Rexroth. And remember, Dr. Rexroth donates his services as a guest speaker to Quad Cities Clubs, Church.